Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email Doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. Why are we going to Kathmandu? Because I want to get out of Minnesota. (laughs) Or just let me get out of here. I know. I'm excited to go to Key West with the KQ people. Yep. Wendy Rodewald is like ready to pee herself a little. She's so excited. (laughs) Oh, I've seen her do it. I've seen her do it before, so you know. I know. When she gets excited, it's just pee all over the place. That all works out in the end. Life will be grand. That's all I I have to say. Weather is going to be low 80s, high 70s, and sunny thus far. Precisely. Yay! That's all I have to say is precisely. So those people that didn't sign up for the KQ trip, you might want to think about it next year. What the hell's wrong with you? I know. That's all I have to say. No, it'll be good. It'll be a a great time um, to be had down there. Looking forward to it. No question about it. Uh, we're doing the shows on Monday and Tuesday from Key West. There is no morning show on Wednesday. Excuse me. And then uh, Thursday is going to be kind of a skeleton crew. It'll be yep. Jeff Passolt and Michelle Tafoya and me. Because most of everybody gets in at like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Right. On Wednesday. I think that's exactly right. So, yeah, we'll be, well, we'll work it out. No, on Thursday. I think they get in oh, at Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, they could just stay up and do the show. I mean, soldier, oh, I don't on, think soldier on, people. I don't think they're going to be doing that necessarily. No. But that's So just... who from the show is going down to Key West? Everybody's going except for Passolt because it sweeps, you know, in television ratings. February is a big uh, news rating this oh, month, so he couldn't go. He's a newsman. Dave Mordahl's doctor suggested he not come down. 
So he's his not doctor, his neighbor that <clears throat> pretended was his no- doctor. <clears throat> no, no, he's got some health problems right now, and oh, I, hope, I hope it works out really well for him. You know, I Sorry think the world of Dave Mordell, he's a great guy, but he does have some some health problems that oh. I guess uh, somebody was talking about it on Twitter or something. That's the only reason I even bring it up. But oh. so Dave won't be going, and Michelle won't be going either because she's a pain in the ass. That's why she's. She just not got done traveling every five. Minutes. I don't care what she did. That's she her. Probably problem. wants to spend some time with her. Children. Her kids tell me they don't even like her. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> true. That is not true at all. It's a flat Michelle, out lie. Michelle always includes me on email chains. Yeah, she does. She I'm always do like, who does email chains anymore? <laughs> it's so cute. I'm like, oh, what an email chain. Aww. Yeah, she does her email chains. It's all true. No question about it. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just a couple of things. Uh, there, there been a third guy now in Virginia has uh, revealed that he wore blackface when he was in college. Uh, is anybody in, in Virginia not worn blackface? Well, you know what? Virginia is the South. It is. Number yeah. one. Number two, if any of these politicians have any skeletons in their closet, people are going to find it. Yeah, or if you're They're a public figure deep. at all. They're digging deep. Um, You should just do the apology tour like the uh, presidential hopefuls did. You know, I said this back in 1974. I'm pretty sure I might have said this in 1948. You know, I mean, they just need to go and do the apology tour and say they'll never do it again. They'll never wear blackface again as attorney general of Virginia? That's probably a good idea. Well, I'm not sure if, you know, how how long ago is this? 25 years ago? No, it was 40 years ago. 40 years ago that people were aware of the problem. I'm not sure if they were. That's maybe why they did it all the time. It yeah. doesn't make it right. No. But I just don't know if going back that long ago and trying to skewer somebody is productive. Well, again, it's that's not the issue. It's to try to destroy people. Now, these are all Democrats this go around, so I don't know if the Republican Party's going after them or who's going after them. But uh, these, they're all all three of them are Democrats. But I would point this out that once you get past Governor Northam and Lieutenant Governor and the Attorney General, the fourth person in line is a Republican. So I don't know if that makes any difference or not. I have, I have no idea, but. Do you think if the Democratic Party could just machine gun down all Republicans yeah, and real. all Republicans could just machine gun down every Democrat, that then they'd be happy? Do you think that would work for them? Mm, probably not. I mean, I it's just gotten to be just, it's absurd at this point. It is absurd, it's absurd. at this point. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's all about. This whole thing about um, this, that, I don't know. The world is a lot different than it was 40 years ago. Absolutely. And I'm not saying it was right when they did it then, but no. well, and is can dressing we, up like we... your favorite rapper really like is that a national emergency? Because that's what he did. He was doing uh, Michael Jackson. He's not a rapper, but Michael Jackson. He said rapper well, like Curtis something, some guy I've never heard of. Uh, Curtis. One, uh, one time I was. Uh, Ow, Judy. Curtis Blow. Okay. Curtis Blow. I love Curtis Blow. Apparently he was dressing like Curtis Blow. <clears throat> Who was? The Virginia guy. Which Virginia guy? There were three of them. The Or two white guys that, that um, admit to doing blackface. Let's see. Mark Herring. 
Is that the attorney general? I think, I think yes. that's the attorney yes, general. It is. But it's like, indeed, I just don't he, understand yeah, just how today. that's such a problem. Forty years ago, I mean, someone dressed up as his favorite rapper. Let's all yeah, 20, vomit blood in a rage. Twenty years ago or longer, I went out with a bunch of friends for Halloween. I was Cindy Lauper. I uh, somebody was um, Tina. Tina Turner. Turner. I love Tina. And Turner. she put on a little bit darker eye uh, makeup. Eye makeup? No, just makeup. Yeah, just but it wasn't a little bit like tan. No, she wasn't black going face. blackface, but she was trying to, you know, have people know that she was Tina Turner. Now, is that is that wrong? I would say a lot of people would say yes. Well, the problem you're going to have with all of this stuff is, and I'm not offended by this at all, but Eddie Murphy did whiteface. Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle did whiteface. The Wayans brothers have done whiteface, and I know it doesn't directly compare because no. there was a, there was a, the, the slave culture, and, and that and the white people were on the certainly the wrong side of that. Um, but I I don't know. I, I I just I would like to meet someone out there who's never made a really stupid mistake in their life, thinking they were just having fun. <clears throat> And not what the consequences would be 80 or, excuse me, 40 years later. Yeah, or how about someone who hasn't committed a crime that isn't illegal now, but will be in four decades? Well, Because that's, that's basically what yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I... I, I I'm just so sick of never, people obsessing over the dumbest little things. It's like, why aren't you... If you care that much, why aren't you in a soup kitchen or something? You spend eight hours yeah, a day tweeting true. about some true. attorney general's college performance, but who are you really helping? Go help well, there's someone. There's a guy, apparently. Exactly. There's a guy out there right now, and I don't know who it is, and I don't care who it is or whatever, but he, he's uh, he's notified the station he's coming after me because I'm a racist. Of course. Yeah. What did you do uh, now? Apparently hiring uh, or, or causing to be hired of, of, of four black people, that, uh, that's a very racist thing to do, an anti-black person thing to do. Uh, you might want to ask those four about that, but uh, that's just me. Like four? You know. I know of two. <clears throat> well, you got JB. Mm-hmm. You got, you got Tevin Pittman, who's a pain in the ass, by the way. Let me point that out. Not only. Wait, he's been but hired? But he's a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, I mean, he... he uh, okay, when invited to the show, hired, whatever. Some people get paid and become uh, a regular. But in a way, he pays. But you know, in a well, he he promotes you know his his podcast, the uh, Profession Confession, which is a very good show. That's true. I don't mind that. Philip Wise has been uh, Philip mm-hmm. Wise, by the way, is the one who decided to come on the morning show. I didn't. Well, I don't hire and fire people anyway, but I could recommend people to be hired. Uh, that wasn't necessary because when all this went down all those years ago, Philip came to me and said, uh, I hate the way they're talking about you. I'm going to come on your show from now on. And he did. And he came on and defended me. Uh, I don't think Philip Wise is necessarily leaning honky, if you know what I'm saying. No, no. No. Philip is a very pl- a proud black man, and he, you know, and, as he should be. Uh, but he, he is a dear old friend of mine. And he defended me and said, this is all a lie. It's a flat-out lie. JB has defended me forever. I think what a lot of people are uncomfortable with is I can very comfortably talk about 
relationships and friendships with black people or or Spanish people or Asian people or Native Americans, and they don't like that. Me being so comfortable talking about people of color really bothers these honkies. And it's it's always white people, by the way. It's always white people going after me for this, which I don't really understand. How the hell do you know what racism even is, unless you're a racist, of course, right? It's just we're in that time. I go through this. I literally go through this about every 10 years, and here it comes again, and good luck to you. That's all I'm saying. It just, I don't know why people, why people just want to destroy someone else's life, I will never understand. Well, it gives them a sense of power. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, never before has just, you know, the common person just walking around with a normal job been yeah. able to jump yeah. on a bandwagon right, and right. say exactly what it is. things and try to spread hate and violence. Yeah, I mean, it's. I well, am very people proud have always been that. doing that. I mean, but no, I mean, it's a lot easier now. Lynchings and so witch trials and all that kind yeah, of thing. Been doing that forever. But yeah. Yeah. this is the yeah. This is basically the new version of the witch trial. People feel powerful because they have the mob behind them, and they can target literally whoever they want. It doesn't. As long as they don't like the person, they can just say, "Oh, this person did this," and they have to prove that they didn't, even though that's not how justice is supposed to work. That's exactly it. So, you know, we keep moving forward. And, and I am, I'm very, very proud to be the first big morning show in America that, that had three full-time. We still have three full-time women on the show. We have uh, two black people on the show. We have, uh, there were three Jews on the show at the same time. I was like the only straight-ahead honky on the show, I think. Uh, because Standard you got, white man. You got Tony <laughs> Lee, who's a Jew. You got Mark Rosen, who's a Jew. You got John Lesman, who's Jewish. You got Philip. I mean, you go down the list. It's, you know, Philip and JB are on the show. Uh, you know, the women, you know, the women throughout the years. We started with Lee Valsvik, and, and now we're with uh, Candace and Brittany and Michelle. And if you don't think it's a pain in the ass working with those three, <laughs> let me just point this out to you. You know. So I, I don't know why everybody wants so badly to. to well, you know, it's, if you succeed in America, there are going to be a whole gaggle of people who want to burn you to the ground because you succeeded and they didn't. That's a huge problem we have in America right now. If you failed, then uh, you have to come after someone else who succeeded. It's right? the fun for the whole family. Oh, Joe from Louisville's right. Dan Colhane. Dan, Tom and Dan. Dan Colhane was the other honky. It was, oh, yeah. Dan Colhane and me. We were just talking about him this morning. Uh, we ran a spot. Dan Colhane is one of the nicest people you've ever met. He's a very nice guy. A great guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a great voiceover career. He's still in radio. Uh, but, yeah, so Dan Colhane was, was, uh, was the person. Very even keel <clears throat> for a radio guy. Oh, God. Dan is about as even keel as they get. <laughs> well, so is Tony Lee, actually. See, that's the thing, and I don't spend enough time talking about this, I don't think. How much I loved working with Mark Rosen, but they yanked him off the show. How I loved working with Tony Lee, but I don't know, management couldn't come to an agreement. And, and he told me later on the divide between what he wanted and what they offered. I can't believe it, and it's not my business to tell you, but it's basically, um, you know. Lunch money? About four tickets to a Twins game. I mean, it's, it really? was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. God. You know, all this different stuff. It's just, it's an amazing situation. Well, there has to be something nice about having a normal job that you don't have to sit there and worry about ratings every five minutes, too. Well, not, yeah, it this is every is five a very, minutes. Yeah, I mean, this is a very stressful 
job. It is have. every five minutes. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that, that if somebody says something, I'm going to have to answer for that. Because I do tell the people on the show, I don't tell them what to do except for don't embarrass me. You know, don't be going after each other in public. Don't be, you know, pissing and moaning and getting drunk at promotions and acting like a jag, a jag off, as Joe Montaigne would say. But, yeah, I just, that's all I'm asking. Just don't do those kinds of things, and then we'll be good to go. Um, so there, there are always going to be people who think I'm the worst human being on earth, but they just, once again, I didn't even finish high school. I went to college for one day. I got lucky and got to know, you know, I, look, I understand how lucky I got just walking into the situations I walked into. It's not just, look at me and how wonderful I am. I got very, very lucky. But some people can't deal with that. They just cannot deal with the fact that I got lucky and they didn't. Well, I didn't harm you. It's not my fault. And there's a possibility you're a loser with no talent. That's a possibility, too, don't you think? Oh, thanks for jumping onto my side. <laughs> okay, Cassie, I heard you. What, do you got a muzzle on today? No, I'm just busy going through messages. She said she, said she put up some... Uh, News stories. News stories on the calendar. She's a disaster. Let's be honest. Cassie. I know. I know. It's amazing. Does Dave have to put up with a lot of that people being mad at him because he he succeeds? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he deals with. I mean, it's like some ridiculous. Some of the things he gets from people, and it's just like, you know, you. He puts out a product that you guys want, and yet you complain about it and, and think you have this um, overlording opinion, and it's going to sway him either way. I mean, it's uh, – I see his emails, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, and it's everybody. It's all public figures, whether you know mm-hmm. they're a big movie star or a local radio guy or a reporter on a TV station or whatever. It's just people like to go after public figures. Uh, and and by the way, the one bit of warning I would give to to people doing something like that, you're only going to make the show bigger. Yeah. Because our show didn't completely explode until you people started trying to go after me and get me fired. That's what blew the show up through the roof. So keep it up. I could, you know, anybody could use a little boost. So you know, fire away, bitches. I said bitches. Did you hear me? <laughs> we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working one. with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never like you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage 
are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Ooh, I love this song. Marvin Gaye, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorites of all time. I figure skated to this as a California raisin. (laughs) <laughs> oh sure, yes. Oh, oh absolutely. That's, that might be racist. It, that yeah, that was a fun. Up as a raisin. Yeah, I was dressed up as a Way big California raisin, so um, that was fun to skate in. I can tell you that. Well, mm. if it fell, a little hot. <laughs> it was so bulky. I my mom had it made, <laughs> and it it looked fantastic. It looked great, and she made my skates look like saddle shoes, and I had a big sequin oh. bow tie and. <laughs> It was fun. See how cool that raisins, is. Oh, raisins, oh, raisins. Oh, raisins, raisins, raisins. raisins. <laughs> I like it. I skated it for a for me. little bit, but... Oh, did you? Never, like, you know, performing. Not not figure skating. <clears throat> I, All right, full disclosure, I took uh, an international title what? skating. People what don't realize this? this. I've never heard of this. Uh, here's the deal. Um... I was named the worst skater of all time <laughs> in the world. So, you know. I can't believe you ever put skates on your feet. I can't either. It was a huge mistake. <laughs> You're not really uh, I got you to rollerblade once. Yes, I rollerbladed once. Once. I got you to ski for Only about a once. half of a season. I went uh, roller skating once with your mom, and I, as breaks, I used the grass. I do that, too. I'm a terrible <laughs> rollerblader. I did. I'm, Were you I'm, graceful? I don't like the fact that you can't oh. stop. Oh, there's nothing but grace on skates for me. Ice <laughs> skates or roller skates. Doesn't matter. Yeah, because skates make sense because you can just go off to the side and use the edge to stop. Yeah. You, know, you can stop quickly in, in ice skates, but rollerblades, I don't know how to stop. The uh, little brakes on the back are basically useless. You have to learn how to time yourself you before dr- you hit. <laughs> you drag one of your feet behind the other sideways. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, to slow down. That's a be- That's a better oh, way yeah, to stop. Yeah. Or you learn how to do like this little swerve thing. But yeah, no, it's. Oh, yeah. Uh, the snow plow won't work. <laughs> no. I mean, snow it will. Cross over. Well, yeah. If you want your feet to go break, I guess. <laughs> you break your legs. You break, break your legs. legs. That would work. Magnificent. Splinter's billionaire's inbox offers a new look at how the other half lives, and its most recent dive is quite the eye-opener. The news outlet got its hands on what the New York Times calls a cachet of racist emails, both sent and received by Joe Ricketts, whose family owns the Chicago Cubs and Wrigley Field. Many of the emails from between 2009 and 2013 centered on then-President Obama and conspiracy, conspiracy theories about him, including the false claim that he's a Muslim, he's actually Christian, In one email sent in May 2012 to someone identified as SV, Ricketts goes directly after Islam itself, writing, Christians and Jews can have a multiple respect, uh, respect, uh, mutual, excuse me, respect for each other to create a civil society. As you know, Islam cannot do that. Muslims are naturally my slash our enemy. 
Other topics include the alleged assault on Christianity, Obama's alleged assault on Christianity. I'm saying it's pretty much mm, yeah. beyond alleged. <clears throat> Obama's alleged pass is a drug mule. I've never heard that what? one. Hmm. I've never heard anybody claim that Obama was Good a drug Lord. mule. Oh, no matter next? every president has had literally everything levied at them. No matter what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's yeah, a conspiracy right. that Donald Trump is controlling the Muppets for the for monetary gain or something yeah, insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he also claims that Obama is a racist, his racism against white people. It's kind of tough because his mother's white, so I don't know how you can be racist against white people when you're old. Maybe he doesn't like his mother, but last I, I heard he I know plenty of white people did. who hate white people, so that doesn't really mean well, anything. He, yeah, you got the, especially if you're a white man right now, you're the bad guy of the <clears> earth, <throat> apparently. The Times notes that both Major League Baseball and the Cubs, including members of his own family, are distancing themselves from Ricketts. While many of the emails were not written by Mr. Ricketts, the content is extremely offensive and completely at odds with the values and principles of Major League Baseball, a statement from the league noted. Meanwhile, Cubs chair Tom Ricketts, one of Ricketts' sons, issued a statement that called the emails racially insensitive and noted, quote, let me be clear, the language and views expressed in those emails have no place in our society. He added that his father has a no hand in the team's operation. On his website, Ricketts offered his own apology, saying he received emails that I should have condemned and said things that don't reflect my value system. I strongly believe that bigoted ideas are wrong. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad. You, you wouldn't so come what out, did he come out say, say that was racist? Uh, he doesn't he like Obama, that, but, but that's not hating racist. the president is like pretty passe at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. He call doesn't it, like he Islam, Obama but racist. Islam is also yeah. not a race. Well, and Islam does, you know, not everybody, obviously, but all the religions attack one another. Yeah. They do constantly. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what to tell you, but I, I just, uh, I, I'd probably want to stay away from, you know, things like, you know, who's a, what? Well, yeah, just, it just makes no sense. You know what I mean? You just don't need it. Right. I've got some breaking news. What's the breaking news? Uh, an emoji for small penis is coming out in the fall. Small penis? That can't be real. <laughs> it's true. Is that an onion an story? An emoji for small penis. <laughs> That's what it said. By the way, I want everyone out there and, and the listener land to note that she looked away from me when she said that. So that was good. Search did you for do that by small accident? penis. Wait. Oh, gee, really? See? <laughs> Daily Mail Online tiny penis hand gesture will be one of 270 new emojis due to be released on all phones later this year. Oh, okay, what's the phone See? number? 81492. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's, the, is it, what's the area code? 952-800-1492. If you've ever sat about four feet from your wife while she started looking at pictures of and talking about penises, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Well, no, the emoji is like uh, that you put your two fingers close together to indicate something is small. And, of course, yeah. it's the oh, news, yeah. so they go right for well, penises. Well, you know what they use for... An emoji now for a penis. Eggplant? Yeah. <laughs> Use oh, the eggplant. eggplant. <laughs> yeah. well, isn't that racist? I don't know no. how. But isn't that I racist? I didn't get on that bandwagon. <laughs> well, it's <Sure>. like, <laughs> how, I'll start. how unfamiliar with human anatomy are you that those two look similar? I mean, a cucumber makes more sense than an eggplant. Eggplant, yeah. Or a banana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I'd be careful of those people out there uh, using the eggplant thing because that could be considered racist because yes. mm-hmm. certain cultures in, in Western Europe referred to black people back in the day as eggplants. <clears throat> oh, really? So I'd be very, very careful. Well, yeah, it's uh, melanzan. They, and they, there was a Sicilian version you of that You mean moulignon? Yeah, moulignon is how, how Sicilians would say it. And they oh. started referring to black people in that way. So I'd, I'd watch what I'm saying about eggplants, you know, and penises and all the rest of it. You know what I'm saying. Oh, I didn't know melanzon was the actual name for eggplant. Yeah, melanzon is the actual name for an eggplant in, in Italy. Interesting. They, yeah, he went with moulignon. Sicily is uh, so weird the way they did that. Kind of separated into their own country. The little, the like, they pronounce things in a way that just does not make any sense whatsoever. No, that is true. There are a lot of languages that do that, actually. That's though. true. A lot of languages love to throw it out there, and they just, uh, I'm going to change this completely, whether you like it or not. Um, yeah, so, I, like I said, I, I, I don't worry about this stuff too much. Everybody's pissed off at everybody, and everybody's going to end their careers, and everybody's going to, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep plugging away and, you know. I literally have since 1986, when I took this job, starting in 1986, there, was, there has always been some group out there that was going to, quote, end my career. I've been putting up with it now for 34 years, or it'll start on 34 years on April, so it's, it's 33 years, actually. I'm used to it. Whatever. If, if, you're, if there was anything to find on me, you'd have found it by now. 33 years, unless you really suck at research. Well... They can also just start making stuff up. Yes, they can. Well, they've already done that, too. Yeah, that, that's happened. But, you know, and I, I don't mean to make that a, this about me. I just mean my own personal experience going through all this stuff is these people are psycho. And I usually find out whether it's a, a woman who's turned on me or a man who's turned on me. It's because of their love interest. They weren't going to get any uh, the action unless they turned on me. So basically, I'm a good tool for, for, I just called myself a tool. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. You said it. I didn't. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. It's great, great talking to you. There's no question about it. There's no greater. Nothing but support. Greater experience. Yeah, I, I just, if I were everybody, I would just calm down and treat. Why don't you we do this? And I've, I've suggested this a billion times. Why don't we just treat everybody as an individual? Doesn't matter what their sex is, their orientation is, their color is, their religion is. Let's treat everybody as an individual and not judge entire nations based on one person's behavior. But we don't want to. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to. That's true. That is very, very true. Well, that's where tri- you know, it, tribalism comes into play because people want to be grouped no into a group yep. and be labeled. And <laughs> but the, But then they want to be individuals. I don't get it can't have both they want to have both though they want the safety of the tribe but the yeah yep. specialness and importance of uh, being unique yeah mm-hmm. which you yeah. you can't do both no well i the only one time in the history of people making horrible statements like that have i agreed with them flat out and i do agree with them when the mayor on Blazing Saddle said, we don't want the Irish. <laughs> I jumped right in. I'm offended. I'm Irish. Irish. <laughs> but you know what's so great about that joke? And people do not get that joke. They think it's funny, but not for the right reason. Mm-hmm. The reason that Richard Pryor wrote that in there, Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor, Mel Brooks did the original take on it, and then he had, he had Richard Pryor you know, punch it up. 
Richard Pryor, my favorite comedian of all time, brilliant man. The reason he said, we'll take the, the Chinese and the blacks, they didn't use those terms, but he said, we'll take the blacks and the Chinese, but we don't want the Irish, is because when the Blazing Saddles took place in that, in that era, the Irish were the brand new immigrants to America. It was a brilliant joke that nobody got. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. It is. You go after the current latest immigrants and hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Pryor was he was amazing. What a what a talent. Well, that's what we're dealing. So we'll, yeah, that's what we're dealing with today. I mean, we have the um, the immigration problem that we have, and you know, if you say anything, you're obviously you know being offensive towards that group, and you know, especially with yeah. the whole border wall coming, you know, trying to get put into sure, place and sure. all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's the new group that's coming in that people are making fun of, and it's in the news constantly. So we went from it is. The, across the pond to south of the border, I guess. Oh, God, I know you sent me that story about that uh, that suitcase in Greenwich, Connecticut, Catherine. You believe this? No. They found uh, in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is a very upscale community in Connecticut. It's kind of like a... Yeah. Greenwich, New Canaan, that whole deal. Very, very high-toned, beautiful, beautiful areas. I mean, my God, the topography is just, it's beautiful. But they found uh, in a ditch in Greenwich, Connecticut, they found a suitcase, and they opened the suitcase and found a dismembered woman inside. Oh, my God. That's, I mean, that is, uh, hmm. that's got to be pretty shocking in Greenwich, Connecticut. Nothing ever goes wrong in Greenwich, Connecticut. But I, I did. I, you want to talk about racist comments? We, uh, Catherine and I, you know, used to go to New Canaan about once a year for a while there because you know uh, Mitch Dolan was uh, was living there at the time in New Canaan, Connecticut, and Brian Williams, yes, the the former NBC news anchor. He now is an MSNBC news anchor, but he got he got fired for making up a story about taking gunfire or something in yeah. Afghanistan. I don't know what it was. He something said he was like, like yeah. in a helicopter taking fire or something? Yeah. Yes. Which yes. never happened. I will tell you this. One of the nicest men I've ever met in my entire life, Brian Williams, is a really nice guy. Really good guy. And he actually does care about everyone. I don't know why the hell he did that. I was, why did you do it, Brian? And again, I don't Probably know that I would have fired better. him for that. Probably made the story better. Why did they fire him for that? There's no reason to fire him for that. Well, because did he have a history of doing that, though? Maybe he did it multiple times. Maybe. So. Maybe he did. I don't know. It, it just... But, uh, yeah, we would go up there, and there was a malt shop. Remember that great malt shop on the main main mm-hmm. street right there, Catherine? Yep. We, we went in there. Very pretty area. And I was talking to some, some townspeople about this, not Brian Williams nor... Uh, Mitch Dolan, but I was talking to some townspeople about it, and I said, man, are there any minorities that live here? And they said, no, no minorities live in, in New Canaan. I said, really? They said, yeah, it just doesn't happen. It's not that we're trying to keep anybody out, it just doesn't happen. So I'm like, okay, well, and the woman brings out the, uh, the malts we had ordered, and she was uh, Spanish or Hispanic. She may have been Mexican, she may have been Spanish, she may have been any number of things, but the, the, an Hispanic uh, person. And I said, well, what about her? And the guy said, she doesn't live here. Oh, God. <laughs> I will never forget that as long. And that was only, what, about 10 years ago? Oh, it was at least 10 years ago. Nah, maybe it was longer than that. You're right. We shall be back. We have a special guest coming up in just a couple of minutes here. Tom Bernard Show. 
Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Junior Walker. Love Junior Walker. Well, I did some uh, reading, and apparently Brian has a bit of a history for making things up. Oh, does he really? Brian, what are you doing? I don't know. Nicest guy in the world. Could not have been a nicer guy. And he is, I haven't talked to him now in quite a while because I didn't want to reach out to him when he was going through this whole thing. When your your yeah. whole career blows up on you, I didn't want to bother him. But but uh, I got to reach out to him one of these days. But he was such a nice man. But why, why does, is there any indication of why he feels he needs to make up stories? No, but it's a lot of people are just, they compulsively, <laughs> well, you kind of do sometimes. <laughs> no, I like what? Name one story. You, you embellish, embellish stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean it when I say I love you both. <laughs> it's not embellishing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's kind of, you know, it's like I'm sitting down writing a story. It's like how to make it better. Well, how yeah. to make it more interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everyone embellishes, but the difference is he did it while on the news. So you yeah, can't. you can't do you that. You can't do that. We so have, he actually was in Vietnam or whatever? Uh, no, it wasn't Vietnam. Afghanistan, I think? Uh, well, he sure was he in covered, a helicopter, he just... but he said that... Well, first he said that his helicopter hit, got hit by an RPG, which right, didn't happen. I remember that. Then he yeah. said that the helicopter in front of him got hit by an RPG, which also didn't happen. And then he said That's that an R- too far. a rocket narrowly missed his helicopter, which also didn't... So he just kept on, like, kind of... Yeah. Moving toward the I'm truth, hoping. but he still was. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He just wanted to make it is interesting. Dr. Yes, yes, Doctor Ross Swain, ready to go. Doctor Deborah Ross Swain, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing marvelously well. Just talking about some uh, Brian Williams, the the, the NBC anchor, uh, oh, yeah. now MSNBC anchor, is a family friend, and we we're just talking about why why he would have. I don't know why he made up those stories, which got him moved over to MSNBC. He lost his anchor job mm-hmm. at NBC. But there was no the nicest guy in the world. Could not meet a nicer man that actually cared about other people. I mean, the whole shooting match. But 
We just wonder sometimes why people have to have to really now embellishing things and making things up is completely different. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, he embellished right, right. embellishing because he was in the helicopter in the Iraq War, and they did well, land because they got that's they true. received small arms fire, but he embellished it to an RPG hit, which is right quite the embellishment. But right. That's quite the embellishment. Yes. Dr. Deborah Ross Swain, Confidence and Joy, Success Strategies for Kids with Learning Differences, a step-by-step guidebook for parents and professionals. You know, I'm, I'm very happy you – I've never seen learning differences before because oh, in my lifetime so – Great talking was, about this. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ross Wayne, I was born in 1951, so it was – we and, and, and again, these are offensive words, but they were the words that were used back then. Uh, retarded was mm-hmm. a word that they used to yeah. say about people back in the day. And then it was uh, um, learning disabilities. And then it was learning. There were all these different things. Um, but learning differences, I like that. Did you come up with that with that term? Well, not really. I mean, I, I've used that term forever when I'm working with my clients. But I, I certainly didn't trademark it per se, but mm-hmm, yeah. I, I make the distinction because disorders, learning disorders, and learning disability, um, right? Th- those are disempowering terms, and they're isolating terms, and they're marginalizing terms. And I'm not talking about children that have frank, overt problems. We're talking about ordinary kids who just struggle in school and they just have a different way of learning. They can learn, right. but it's just right. a different way. <clears throat> so, I, it, I like the term, though. Learning differences makes, yeah. makes sense to me. Well, we had kids with learning differences. Andy, our son, who's on the podcast right now, he was a very early reader and um, it put him kind of at a disadvantage because he became bored in school. Yes, and, I did. Um, yeah, and you know, and and he was also uh, kind of a he was a visual learner, so to sit in a classroom and listen to a teacher drone on and on drove him crazy. Right. You know, and then Alex, our daughter, she um, had trouble with spelling mm-hmm. and with reading. Yeah, she couldn't spell for the uh, longest time. Yeah, yeah, and it just caused her great anxiety because of of uh, time testing. I mean, as soon as exactly. they, you know, the teacher. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, uh, it, this would have been very helpful to me, I think, as a mom back in those yeah. days. So, you're, um, you're, both of your kids are perfect examples of a learning difference. Right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah it's okay. not a disability or, or anything like that. Not at uh-huh. all. It's just, it's di- different. Um, very quickly, I will throw in that I, that I quit high school in 10th grade. Because we were going through a period back then where everyone in class had to wait for everyone to finish, mm-hmm. finish an assignment. So some of us would be sitting, literally at times, Dr. Ross Wayne, we would sit there for two or three days with nothing to do, waiting for a few other oh people to gosh. catch up. It was yeah. unbelievable. Wow. It was a horrible way to handle a situation because you're just building resentment up on the kids who, who had learning differences. Yeah. You know, but but the question I do have for you, Doctor Ross Wayne, is yeah. um, learning differences could cover people who have difficulties, but also people who are very intelligent and therefore maybe I don't know socially awkward. So it, it covers all those yeah. areas, I would assume, right? 
you're absolutely correct. Because Wonderful. when you have Good. a learning difference, it's, it's going to affect not only academics, but it's going to affect social interactions as well. Lots mm-hmm. of folks with learning differences can't navigate the social network. They don't get social cues. So there's mm-hmm. that awkwardness that, that leaches over into that area as well. And then if they have difficulty in social relationships, they're going to have feelings of being isolated and not being part of a good social network. They spend a lot of time alone, which is often a joy and confidence robber. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that this book is very time. Is there, are there strides in public schools to help? Or it's, I'm, not, I'm sure that's why you wrote the book, but is there... Are there things that you can do now with the school? I mean, it used to just be so rigid and so awful and so hard to deal with everything that you just wanted to cry whenever your kid had a problem right. in school. <laughs> well, we're working on it, and the thing is, is public <laughs> <you> education. <laughs> public education was developed to educate masses of people, and everybody was is kind of taught one way, and they they do try to make adjustments, but for the most part, these children with learning differences go to school, do the same thing day after day. They, they're not feeling successful. And so mm-hmm. they, then they lose their confidence with learning. They lose their happiness. And then you mentioned anxiety. A lot of children then become anxious about going to school. They don't want to go to school because they don't want to fail again. They don't want to look different than their peers again. So... We have to work very hard to help them experience success with learning, however it is, so that they can feel confident about learning. Otherwise, a lot of these kids, they just give up. They're educationally and learning defeated, and they're thinking, like, why try? I, I can't get it anyway, kind of thing. Yeah, such a waste of potential. Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, every child can learn. And every child really wants to succeed. And it's up to us as parents and professionals to get our children from little people to big people with confidence and joy in their hearts. And then they can go off and be successful and then be successful adults. Why should they be happy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I will tell you this. I went to school with a couple of people who were very, very smart, and they had learning difficulties because they did not have the patience nor understanding. Why can't you understand this problem? And they would get very angry and they get because they were so frustrated because for them it was quite easy, but they didn't know because we're talking about kids in sixth grade, seventh grade, all the way up through 10th grade that had, had trouble learning in school because they didn't understand why the the rest of us couldn't get it as quickly as they did. So that's a problem, right. too. Sure, sure. It is because learning difference just means that, that you are different mm-hmm. in the way that you learn. It doesn't mean wrong. It doesn't mean special. It doesn't mean disabled or disordered. It I just love it. means I love different. It. See, that's and the whole thing that I really like. We have to do a like. better job. Yeah, you're right. Yes. We do have to do a better job because that whole special thing, I, I don't know who came up with that term, but that, oh, they're special. Because then everybody started making fun of the word special, if yep. you remember. 
Correct. Uh, as soon as they started calling children special needs or special children or whatever, all of a sudden you would see comedians and Saturday Night Live going, oh, aren't you special? Well, that's and how it always like, works. You're special. When, whenever you come yeah. up with a new term, yeah. it becomes the new thing to make fun of. Yeah, yeah. pretty much true. Yeah. Labeling kids is not productive either. No. Do well, you think... Well, and, and, and it... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'd rather hear your point, and then I'll make my point afterward. It'll be great. That's wonderful. Go ahead. No, it's just it's too easy. It's too easy to for these struggling different learners to feel quote different amongst their peers, and mm-hmm. once that happens, wow! Out the window goes confidence. Out the window goes happiness right away. That's exactly right, and that, that's what it's all about. I, I, I just, uh, and the problem is that you have you have teenagers or children, eleven, twelve, thirteen, whatever, you know, from eleven to nineteen, let's say, or eleven to eighteen, because that's when you get out of high school, usually seventeen or eighteen. But if you make a mistake, that's the age group that's going to ridicule the hell out of you for doing it because they're not comfortable in their own skin. So that also exacerbates. The situation because I do remember one time we were all told to stand up and read a paragraph from a book and I stood up and and one of the things was about Abraham Lincoln playing with other children and he was the tallest by far and there was a deer head over the school uh, schoolhouse door and the kids started chanting Abe can't touch the deer head and that's exactly how I read it people started laughing like there was no they thought it was hilarious but I said, well, it's just interpretation. That's, I'm assuming that's the way they said it. So I said it the way they would say it. People had no idea what the hell I was talking about. But that, everybody else went, that they always did that whole deal. And then the kid after me, it got even worse because he read a paragraph from a book about Australia. And he referred to the native aborgines. So, oh, Aborigines. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So yes. they, they let him up for that, too. But it's just that, uh, you know, you've never seen the word before. And uh, I don't know. That, does, that, does that cause even further problems, the fact that these children are immature and they don't, don't reason well? So it makes it even worse if you have learning differences because they're going to ridicule the hell out of you, whether it's the upside, downside, whatever it is, you're, they're going to make fun of you, and that's, that's how it is, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, middle school and high school are already difficult, <laughs> and you throw yes. into it something like this, and it's tough. And the longer that a child struggles, by the time they've been struggling all this time and they reach middle and high school, they're like petrified of being mm-hmm. different in the face of their peers. And then when they have to read aloud and like your example, that, that should never happen because people should be aware that that child struggles with reading or struggles with spelling right. or struggles with, with, they should not have to put a child in that environment because I'll tell you one thing that's important for everybody to know is when a child struggles, they know they're struggling, and they're trying as hard as they can not to, but there's no amount of punishment, rewards, consequences to make their brain work differently. It doesn't work that way. So right, right. what we have to do is find a different way to teach them, a different way for them to be able to reflect how smart they are, 
But putting them in front of a group when they struggle with reading and make them struggle publicly is horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Um, I see on your bio here you've got these checklists and some helpful tips how to deal with learning differences. Um, is this something that anybody can do? Oh, yeah. It's, it, the, the book that we wrote is really for parents but also professionals. It's, it's saying, okay, let's recognize, yes, we have a child that, that is struggling. Okay, what can we do to eliminate those struggles? How can we match their, their learning style with a teaching style that makes them successful? So it's acknowledging that right up front all the while building in strategies to build a child's confidence and joy, to remember just because they have a learning difference doesn't make them wrong, doesn't make them anything except they have a learning differences uh, difference, introduce opportunities for them to be successful, engage them in other op uh, outside activities to highlight their natural gifts and talents, so many of these children are super bright. They're talented in areas like of science or math. They might be talented in art or music or theater or athletics. But you got to do that in order to balance off the struggle that they're experiencing in school and build yeah, them that, up and build, let their friends build them up too. I think the whole thing is one. I really do. I think it's, it's wonderful that... that uh, and again, if, if you came up with it, it's terrific. And if it, I just love the whole thing, confidence and joy, which is terrific. Success strategies for kids with learning differences, a step-by-step -step guidebook for parents and professionals. I do appreciate your time today because I, I, we're finally in a situation now where, where nobody's special, nobody's not special. It's just different. Difference right. is good. I, I, people can deal with differences, I think, much better, don't you think? Well, we're all different, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's fine. It all works out. The book is available everywhere. It's available on Amazon. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Deborah Ross Swain, hyphenated, R-O-S-S hyphen S-W-A-I-N. Dr. Ross Swain, thank you so much for your time. I love your whole approach to this whole thing, <laughs> that we are all different. Let's handle it that way. That's a terrific idea. Thank you. Thank you for your time, and I really appreciate being part of your show. Have a great day. Well, it's very kind of you. Thank you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.